Hey, I'm Michael. And I'm Greg. And we're two new dads and the co-founders of a company called Lalo and your hosts of The Dad Pod, where we talk with cool dads doing cool stuff so we can learn a thing or two. Today, we're joined by Jesse Darris, the founder and CEO of Darris, a brand consultancy behind amazing brands like Glossier, Harry's, Warby Parker, Everlane, and even Lalo. On this episode, we talk about our thoughts on putting our kids on social media and the never-ending work-life balance of busy parents. So, you know, the other day I went on to Gmail to try to get Gemma an account. And what string were you able to get is the question. You know, I actually stopped. I didn't do it. Um, it had me start thinking, like, should I be creating her Gmail account? You know, it took me back to the AIM days, like, creating my screen name. Mm. Like, I wanted her to, I, I kind of felt like she should have the joy of figuring out her own Gmail. Totally. And so I stopped, but I don't know. Did you have one for Jace? So I do have one for Jace, only because I remember when I was getting my first Gmail, and I'm Greg Davidson too. Like, no one wants to. You're going to get a lot of emails. Now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like I, I always wanted to have Greg Davidson. So I had to see for myself what at least was available. Davidson, very common last name. Jace was hoping for the best. Um, so I do have one. It's not ideal. It's Jace Noah Davidson, like the full string of name. But we'll bleep that out so people don't spam Jace. It's okay. You guys, everyone, please email my son. <laughs> um, but I, I haven't done anything with it. I haven't given it to anyone. Um, the only thing my wife has mentioned doing is like her personally sending him emails actually about like his milestones that he's hitting now. So at some point when we do give it to him, he'll open it up. Who knows how old he is, but to see like wh- what he was doing, it was kind of like our parents, you know, writing down in the attaching notebooks. pictures to it too. Like maybe videos. attaching pictures. Uh, I don't know if she's attached pictures yet, but um, that's a good tip. But um, just like writing down those milestones for him, so it's like you know, that's an awesome way idea of, of documenting it. It's like a modern baby book. Yeah, something like that. What about Instagram? Did you did you grab Instagram too? Didn't grab it. Honestly, I'm not good enough at Instagram myself for me to create an Instagram <laughs> for him. So I I have not done that, and also. Um, yeah, I, it's just like one of those things. I've been, I rarely post pictures of him. I don't know why though. Like there's not, it's not me hiding him. I just, I'm, it's just something about it feels not right to me. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not righteous about it. I don't, I definitely ha- have posted Gemma, will post Gemma. I tend to do it in stories more than I do a grid post about 100%. her. Um, I like the way that it goes away. I'm not one of these people that's like, you know, I don't want my kid's face on the internet. I have to put an emoji over their face. Um, you know, I probably should be more skeptical after watching all those Netflix documentaries about the internet. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm not, which maybe is wrong, but I don't I don't think she'll regret me. I don't think I'm doing it in an egregious way. What what do you think the difference to you then is of between a post versus story? Why it's like more open to doing it in a story versus a post, just from the femoral nature of it? Yeah, I think the, the dis, it disappearing is a big thing. You know, it, it's not evergreen. It's just not evergreen. So if she's, you know, whatever age she gets her Instagram account, yeah. um, and if Instagram is still, still, still a thing then, um, I don't want her to go like, why did you post these things of me? Yeah. Why did you put me on the internet? Why did you create my digital footprint? Yeah. Um, and I, I think 
you know, she won't know I posted that picture of her in the bath. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think that's like a big question, right? It's like, okay, there's there's posting your child and acknowledging them. You have a kid. Right. Obviously, you love your kid. You're sharing those moments with your, you know, your Instagram friends. But it's like another thing, which this is where I'm, for me, I feel like cross the lines, like I'm tagging my kid. I mean, very similarly, yeah. if like someone could throw that back at me and be like, well, you know, I want to have them to have a recollection of all these moments in pictures, not just yeah. emails, like I just said. So, yeah. But like, there's something about the how Instagram has just become like a little bit like a keeping up with the Joneses place so much. Where I don't know, it felt it, it always felt weird or to curate odd. your kid's life. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, very odd. I mean, listen, I mean, Jace is a big Snapchatter at this point, so we do <laughs> have that handle. Um, but Instagram is where we cross the line. Yeah, I, we more set the line with our parents. Mm. Right, like we saw a lot of people who had kids before us, and the grandparents were like randomly posting pictures that they didn't take. Like there, there's this one family that comes to mind where like the parents don't live in the same city mm-hmm. as the the kids yeah. and the and the grandkids, and they post these pictures that they weren't there for. To us, that felt a little weird, weird. in terms of grandparents Post creating second. that digital footprint for yeah. in a way. Well, you just can't trust grandparents to anything. Yeah, baby boomers don't know how to use Facebook, Instagram. No. They think they do. No. Um, or or my 90-year-old grandmother who, you oh. know, <laughs> but she gets way more credit than uh, than than my uh, than my parents for sure. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where we draw the line is, is on the grandparents posting stuff. But I, I think I'm just going to, I'm just going to wait. Like if she gets Gemma Weeder on Gmail or Instagram or whatever, great. If she needs to be XO cutie Gemma XO or whatever the girls use on AIM when we were in middle school, yeah. go, go for it. Um, <laughs> I hope they go. I, I mean, there's definitely like somewhat of a movement like back towards that, especially like with gaming people, you know, creating these new tags. What? what but let, let's just go back to that. Gemma is going to be XO cutie Gemma XO. <laughs> but what? What was your first screen name? My my only screen name was Wheaties two three zero. Ever you only had one. Yeah, I, I clearly went through an inflection point. I I did have a, a change at one point for mine. My my first one. Do you know why two three zero though? Can you guess that? Two three zero. I mean, twenty three Michael Jordan. Yeah, I loved Michael Jordan. Zero is where I'm a little getting thrown off right now. So it was Michael Jordan twenty three, and my birthday is April thirtieth. So I combined. Michael Jordan and the 30 from my birthday. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that's creative. How old were you at the time? I don't know. When, when did we create Screams? Fourth grade? Fifth grade? Something, uh, we were like early internet, like dial up, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know, like getting you got on. Mail. Um, yeah. Um, my first screen name, it's funny, was Skater GD2. <laughs> um, and in no way, I had probably like a one to two week uh, skater period where I bought one, got one. Went down like my driveway and realized it's probably not not right for a guy like me. Um, but I did have an inflection point at some some point to my favorite basketball player at the time, which was Gary Payton. Go figure. GD and then twenty something weird. My initials are GD. Everyone thinks in both of my screen names talking about God. Like like like, aren't you Payton God twenty? I'm like no. I, like he's not God to me. He's just my favorite <laughs> band. Those are my initials. Um, so that was one thing that always tripped people up. But I, I don't, yeah, you know, if Jace had a screen name, I don't know, hopefully be way more creative than either of mine. 
because they were looking back pretty terrible. That's a great icebreaker game, though. Anyone you don't know, to be like, what was your first? Because you really get to the root of like at like a different point in their lives um, of what their screen name was. Um, yeah. Let's uh, let's bring Jesse in to hear what he's doing with his kids. Yeah. Hey, Jesse. What's up, Jesse? Hi, guys. How are you? Good, good. We were just talking about social media getting our kids Gmails, which Greg has Jace a handle. I did not get Gemma a handle, but curious, how are you handling it for your kids? You know, that for our for our daughter, our first kid, um, Rosie, I, I have a Gmail. I also have one. We, we didn't know if she was going to be a boy or a girl, so I have a few mm. Gmails. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you get the domain name too? No, no I, own our, I own our last name. There you go. Oh, that's a good Realm. one. Yeah, fair enough. But the... Um, but the second kid is due in five weeks, and we know we don't know if it's a boy or a girl, so we have two names again, and I haven't done it. So I, mm. maybe I will. I'm a little less worried. Is that just second kid syndrome, or is that a changed stance? No, I, I, it's funny. I, it's definitely second kid syndrome. I just right. haven't even thought about it. It's also like nobody has my last name. Like Darius mm. is like doesn't exist. It was Very a made lucky. up last name. Yeah, that's good. And so I, I'm like less concerned about it. But I definitely, I definitely, literally now I have to do it which is fun. When did you get it for Rosie? Oh my God. Six months before. Yeah. Like before you had a baby registry, you had a Gmail. We never had a baby registry, (laughs) (laughs) but then we have other, like we don't put her on social media really at all. Right. Um, What's the thought there? The thought is sort of two things that, you know, the first one is just like safety. I don't want people to know where we, I don't know. It's just, it's this weird thing I have and that Jordana has. And, and the second, honestly, is just like, it's her own destiny. She should end up putting up, it sort of would have been my nightmare as a 12 year old to look back on, you know, 12 years of me in the public domain. So I just kind of want, you know, everybody's going to choose their own path on this stuff. And who knows like what the dominant social platforms will be in 10 years. Um, So it might not matter at all, but just want her to be able to choose that stuff for her. Yeah. And, and with the, um, and quickly just going back to the email, um, what have you done with the email addresses, you know, for the email address with Rosie? Has it just laid completely dormant? How, or have you guys used it in some unique kind of ways? I sent her a note the day she was born, actually. That's awesome. Greg's been doing something creative, too. Yeah, I, I probably, you know, now that I think of it, probably had meant to send her a note on each of her birthdays. I think I did it on her first birthday. But her second birthday just passed, and I definitely didn't do it. So I probably should. So it's okay. Second kid syndrome again. Yeah, especially given the year. Yeah, right. I'm using it in a similar way. I mean, my wife has sent my son emails just like with certain milestones. I will say, I think it was, uh, we were using a little bit more heavy at the beginning. And at this point, (laughs) similar to uh, our family shared album, which I've shared zero pictures to in the last six months, Uh, um, the usage has just decreased and decreased over time. I get really mean texts from family when we don't upload to enough share pictures. Oh my God. They're like, yeah. they're death threats, like near death threats. <laughs> my, my Jordan is really good at it. I'm mm. terrible at it. Me too. But I also will get like, my mom will reference things from the photo stream that I don't, I haven't seen yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm like pretty positive. I would be yelled at if there wasn't, especially given what's going on right now. And we're limiting contact with my folks and, you know, for, for health reasons. And, and so if there wasn't like a steady stream of content, there'd be a, a large issue. Yeah. 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 I think, I think COVID has played a factor in that. Like since everybody's distanced and not seeing the Gemma so much, yeah. you know, that I think impacts their mood and their need for these, these pictures. 
Exactly. At the same, same time, it's kind, of, it's kind of nice. You get to, uh, like, we get to be there for all more of these moments now than we probably would have. I, yeah. Otherwise. Jesse, do you think the fact that you're responsible for so many people's public brands and people's public image <laughs> impacted your, your thought on this? Yes, 100. I mean, my first jobs when I got out of college were in politics. And so the first thing I learned was that I never wanted to run for office. <laughs> I always wanted to be the person behind the person. And then as we started the company, I was pretty clear that I never wanted to be a very public figure. We don't have, you know, a very um, robust like website or presence. We don't apply for awards. I am not a very, like, I don't really use social all that much. Don't do a ton of PR on ourselves. And neither does my wife for somebody who's founded a business and a brand. And so, yeah, I, you know, I've always just been reticent about this stuff. I, I look at, kind of the public figure nature of so many people's lives. And it's just not something I want in my life. I respect people who want to do it. Right, right. right. Pressure to be an influencer. It's not even pressured. I don't know if I feel it that way, but maybe it's sort of, I, it, it's just much more. Um, I think once you take that route, you don't get to go back. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it like takes away your optionality in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. You mentioned Jordana, her, you know, she's the founder of, of Lola, not Lola yeah. like us, but um, <laughs> you're two entrepreneurs, two you know, two founders of thriving businesses, raising a kid, expecting a second. How do you guys balance that? Tenuously. Um, <laughs> her. So let me preface this by saying her job is 10x harder than mine in a multitude of ways. I mean, just both, I, like even just starting with the physical component of having a kid, but. I also think her professional job is harder than mine at the same time. So for us, I think it's, it's always been this way since the beginning of our relationship. We just try to communicate. There has to be an open line of communication, number one. Number two, we've been really specific about how we split up roles and responsibilities. There isn't a lot of um, ambiguity you know, in terms of who does what and who's responsible for what, because the ambiguity ends up creating a whole bunch of anger. Uh, and then the third, frankly... And this is something we were much better at before the pandemic. And I assume we'll get back to as soon as things start to return to normal is just finding some time for ourselves, you know, having a babysitter at least once a week during the week so we can go out for dinner or at least not be in a rush to get home. Those types of things, small things that allow us to find some freedom. Yeah. Yeah. My wife and I are so bad at routine that we've also, <laughs> we've had to force ourselves. And it's like every week we're like, Asking if that thing we chose, yeah, did that work? And it's because we're so <laughs> resistant to routine that uh, that we're like constantly questioning the routine we get in. But every time we are actually commit to it, we realize how good it is for us, yeah, for, totally. for Gemma, et cetera. I'm extraordinarily regimented about almost everything in my life. It's one of the defining features of me. Jordy has gotten more regimented over time. But like you can even see it in Rose already, like so early, just how like she knows the schedule. She's just down. Like, um, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like, I, I hope I haven't taught her not to be flexible because I am a little bit too inflexible, but I love routine. Yeah. I've already noticed myself picking up on some of my little things, like the inability to sit still. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. in nine months, he's clearly on that path. Um, but one, one of the things you honestly interested in and Leah enough mentioned about the little bit of ambiguity you guys have has allowed you guys to really separate roles and responsibilities. It's so interesting. You guys both being founders of businesses, like 
in some ways, you guys have things structured in such a way that it's almost business in many ways. And that's how like that structure allows you guys to stay on, you know, pretty solid path. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it yeah, like that. I'm, honestly, I'm relating it back to my, Michael. He's just and judging I. you. Yeah, pretty much. But but no, but, that's that's totally fair. I you're right. I mean, I'm a very scheduled person in terms of how my day goes and my expectations for my day and how my day is broken up. And Jordana and I have built a lot of that into the the kind of regiment that we have for how we manage roles and responsibilities in the house and in terms of who does what and when it gets done and how it gets done and you know, down to like who gets to work out which days and who's, to, you know, it's the whole thing. Yes. It's funny because sometimes I think Michael and I's relationship might be uh, sometimes a little bit more spousal. Stru- <laughs> yep. Spousal <laughs> than me and my own wife, where Michael and I have actually, first day we met, we we put down a piece of paper, roles and responsibilities, had this understanding we have to be more like brothers than co-founders is the only way mm. to make this thing work. My wife and I, who's going to the gym which day? I don't know. It's a little bit of an argument. Who's doing this this day? So I think I need to take a, a little bit of your playbook, Michael and I's playbook. And <laughs> Right now, Greg and I just say, neither of us get to go to the gym today. <laughs> so it works. I like that. But we need to fix that. I mean, it's so frustrating for me. My wife still uses a hard copy planner to keep her schedule. Wow. And I cannot get her to use a Gmail calendar. Like she will not use a digital calendar. She will not sync a calendar. She will not send me an invite to like hold my calendar. We have to like sit down. She has to flip through pages. And you have to put it in yourself. And I have to put it in myself. And I forget all the time. Right. And so, yeah. Is it a file of facts? Was it? <laughs> it's not a that everybody fact. in middle yeah. school has. It's a trapper keeper. Um, I like that. Yeah, no, she uses a moleskin. Uh, like date book. Yeah, date book. That's just like, it's her black book. She's like my classy ideal, but I just have a messy Gmail calendar. Yeah, me too. Does she also not send Venmos and still like rips out checks from, from her <laughs> bag when someone's like, hey, can you pay me back? It's like every time, like my either me and my mom are transacting, like, mom, can you just Venmo me? And she's like, no, but here's a check. And I'm like, no. I, I don't really <laughs> want a check. I appreciate it. Put it on my house account. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. Um <laughs> Jesse, I think I think this is a good segue to our segment, Obscure Top 5 Lists. Mm. And the top five lists we want to go through with you are the top five things that you've bought since being a dad that you probably wouldn't have bought before. So if you want to rattle off your five from five to one, and then Greg and I will share ours, we'd love to hear what, what you got there. I, I took this in a different direction than I think you probably intended it. So I apologize, or it's going to be better, but it'll be one. <laughs> Because I, there's so much kid stuff that I feel like is just like you've never heard of until the day you have a kid. And then the day after you realize that everybody has heard of it. Yeah. So I'm only going to do one kid thing, which is to me, whoever created this should win the Nobel Prize. But the baby shusher mm. um, is my favorite baby product of all time. I don't understand how people existed before. It is just a little like a tiny little $15 device that approximates human shushing for 15 or 30 minute increments until your kid goes to sleep and then it shuts off. And I'm obsessed that with it. That item was also game changing for me when Jace was born. Like yeah. kept that thing in his crib 24 seven. It was on Done. all day. I went, oh, they make it so hard to put the batteries back in it. Those irony of it, like the thing dies so quickly. And then you got to take a screwdriver to put in like two AA batteries. I'm like, what would dad life be without a screwdriver though? True. Yeah, I mean, that's when I discovered ultimate bat. There's like a better battery. There's like a regular Duracell, and then there's like an ultimate. You can pay up. <laughs> I mean, who knew? Um, so that's the only kid thing. 
Other stuff that I have bought or gotten into, I bought a griddle. I never had a griddle before, but we I make Rosie some version of pancakes on the weekend. Right now, it's like kid-healthy pancakes. There's this recipe where it's like, a couple of eggs and a mashed up banana and some yeah, vanilla. Yeah. And it looks that, I mean, that recipe is like my favorite thing in the whole world. And I actually pull up my Lalo high chair. So she watches me cook in the morning on Saturday. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. So I'd say the griddle. The second is uh, my buddy Pete has gotten me into Spanish brandy. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> Not a kid thing, but kind no. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very into it because I think lots of people are into bourbon and whiskey and scotch and all these other stuff. But where you found those categories, uh, you know, a bottle of rye that used to be 30 bucks is like 80 bucks now. Mm-hmm. The really good Spanish brandies are still like pretty cheap, relatively speaking, to how they were created because nobody drinks mm-hmm. the stuff in the US. And so you can get like a super high end bottle of brandy for like $75. Uh, and so that, that would be my third thing. Am I, am I off on a bad? Do you guys want to do a couple no, before no, I no, keep no, going? No, no, no. Keep going. Keep it rolling. I like where you're going. <laughs> I, um, uh, what else has Rosie loved? I, my fourth thing is the thing we didn't do, right? We live in the city. And so one of the things that's been so interesting to me and watching like my, you know, all of my friends and everybody who's got kids outside of the cities, they have so much room for toys, like an entire room dedicated to toys. And so for instance, they bought these like chef's kitchens for their kids. Like I'm not putting a chef's kitchen in my apartment <laughs> in New York city for my child. And so She's been forced to do just old school, you know, pretend. And so honestly, I think one of the best things we did was we have this little cabinet underneath one of our counters that's sort of open and it's just got a bunch of stuff on it. It's got like a box grater on it and like a French press. And Rosie's been playing kitchen with like a bunch of actual kitchen stuff. It's like super Montessori, but by mistake. Uh, I guess we didn't buy any of that stuff and it was totally a happenstance mistake, but it's kind of opened my eyes to um, to the value of just like actual pretend with, with normal yep. crap. My mom always told me my favorite toy growing up was a pair of tongs. Like yeah. I just grabbed the tongs and just like went to town on them. That I, amen. Uh, yeah. And then my last thing is honestly, my mom had told me over and over and over again that one of the actual joys of raising children is getting to relive your old childhood. And I don't think I had ever actually fully internalized that until the Disney thing started up again. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like just getting to go through that it, again, it's not a thing you, I guess it's the thing you buy, you buy Disney plus, but and I hadn't even thought about Disney in 25 years, yep. but like getting to go through and like watch Lion King with her and sing the songs. And we're on Moana right now, which is incredible. Oh, best. <laughs> and like, I, I just rediscovering all of that stuff with her is probably one of the biggest joys of all of this. Honestly. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anyway, that's five things. <laughs> Those are great. That's good. Obviously, you know, with Rosie being two, our kids being a little bit younger, I think we're gonna have a little bit different stuff, but obviously a lot of stuff for uh, us to look forward to. All right. So I'll, I'll start. Um, so first, something I think I was completely against before having uh, a son and now am fully on board with occasionally is like having a couple matching things with him. Like I'd see pictures of other people and just cringe, like be like, ugh, can't believe that. Now I will not take a photo, but I like, it's so cute. Like when we have the same hat or something, it just, it's the best thing. Um, uh, number two for me is uh, my son is nine months old, so He's just starting to hold the basketball, but he already has a mini basketball hoop, which I love to use at this point. I'm sure everyone has played basketball in their friend's basement when they're little, like one of those like oh, little yeah. tight hoops, and you know you just like throw it down and dunk it. 
kind of like living out that fantasy again has been amazing. So uh, that's been a great thing. We have something similar, but soccer. We have a little soccer goal from Franklin that comes with a little inflatable ball and a pump. And Rosie watches soccer with me on Saturday and Sunday mornings, and she does penalty kicks the whole time. <laughs> uh, and it's great. That's amazing. So another one for me, um, pretty much anything that's uh, like something that was a soft drink that I was drinking that I have now found the harder liquored version of it. So right when Jace was born, I finally was like, you know what? I got to try the spike seltzer thing. Then that progressed into, I love kombucha. They make hard kombucha. Let's get one of those too. So now all these hard beverages, I'm definitely into. I even had a, a hard root beer the other day just because why not? So anything that's a liquored, regular soft beverage that I used to have, I'm totally into. And then uh, next would for me would be uh, a subscription to Calm. Uh, so I can access the white noise and then a really good pair of noise-canceling headphones while sleep training. I mean, that was crucial, absolutely crucial. And honestly, now I've stuck with Calm the entire way. So they have probably my subscription for life at this point. This happens to be one of the podcasts they're not sponsored. <laughs> Correct. This is not This is not a plug, um, but Calm, I'm, I'm, we're here for it. So come on board. Um, but yeah, and also noise-canceling headphones, absolutely must for any new parent. Yeah. Um, and then last but not least, probably the weirdest thing, but it's just the most dual purpose item is my wife bought this. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen them. You can go on Amazon. If you literally type in butt spatula, I think you'll find it. And it's like a little baby spatula that you can like wipe, you know, the A&D or the triple paste or whatever, whatever you're using for their tush. Uh, you can kind of just like wipe on them. So you're not, you know, you know, getting your fingers all up in the duty. Um, I, ironically enough, it looks very similar to a normal rubber spatula. So if you did want to cook your eggs with it, you totally could as well. Uh, I'm not saying I recommend it's it. probably nor- FDA grade. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, definitely, definitely is. Nor do I do that. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, maybe when it's in, it ran through the dishwasher and I got nothing else. But um, that's probably the weirdest thing I own that's been, a, I think, a game changer for our family. Huh. We've always just used the... I mean, maybe I'm a Fingers. bad parent. We've always, no, we've always just used the... Um, the actual diaper. Oh, interesting. You just grab it onto whole, the diaper the and use the, use the diaper. When you get a cut, do you put Neosporin right on the cut or on the Band-Aid? Oh, Band-Aid. Mm. Mm. See, correlation. I think I, I, think I, I go right on the hand. You do? I do. Yeah. I think I do both. Okay. Oh, like you little, can, you, otherwise, you, you, you could screw up the sticky part. Yeah, that's right. Ah, that's mm. true. Or leak out the side. Well, well that's the worst yeah. part when you, know, when you put too much on the Band-Aid and it <laughs> yeah. kind of like explodes yeah. outwards yeah. and you got to do a redo. Yeah. Terrible. Now we're in a totally another yeah, that's a weird <laughs> part of this conversation. Um, I, I will say, related to your drinking hard kombucha, which is a very Williamsburg thing, we have taken to trying to find um, things. We, we have a place upstate that Rosie both enjoys but are also adult-friendly. Uh-huh. This has been like one of my like key things and I've got to figure out the version of it in the city. We just haven't had, there's nowhere to go right now. And so this past fall, we found a place where she could go and pick apples and she would eat them right off the trees, but they also had like a bar. Mm. And so you could like buy beer, walk around. Rose Hill. Hill. I'm obsessed with Rose Hill. Yeah. Rose Hill's great. There's a few places like that, but that one's my favorite one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you expected me to, be able to randomly figure out where no, we're I, going. Uh, amen. Rose I, I saw you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I followed you there the other day. This is Greg. Greg almost quit yesterday because we do this weird thing where Greg's like, guess this thing that that happened, 
and try to get the exact number or the time or whatever. And I'm always like within one or two, like very That's close. usually further off. But it's and they're like, very obscure things. And I like nailed one yesterday and was Greg was like, I, can't, I just can't do this anymore. Yeah, this that's is, not fun. Do you yeah, go to Rose Hill? It's not fun. Yeah, my parents live in Rhinebeck, so we're uh, oh, that's right there. Rose Hill, quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, my top five is actually pretty similar. It was like there's one like thing for the kid, and then some things for me. So, number one, living in Brooklyn, um, we just with a kid, we couldn't get by without our own car. You know, having a car mm-hmm. was. I didn't think I'd have a car being in Brooklyn, but now it's a, it's essential with the kid. Just make it so much easier to get around, get to my parents, get to her parents, go to the supermarket quickly, save time. Especially now with COVID, it's like a yeah. non, like kind of a non-starter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next is similar to similar to the shusher or the butt spatula. Is the snot sucker? Gemma got her first cold, and she was just like so congested and putting this thing up her nose and then like the end of the tube in my mouth and like sucking in and just like getting the globs of mucus sounds disgusting. It's quite satisfying. It's, it's actually not. It's extremely satisfying. For and you like, for you or for Gemma? I Hopefully both. Both. Both, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. You really get to see the product of... That's that's our that's one of our meltdown cues. Yeah, boogies. My son hates hates it. Hates yeah. the snot sucker. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next, my wife bought these yoga pillows, like like six of them, because we're like can't bend down and sit on the floor as easily anymore. So <laughs> it just makes it more comfortable to spend more time on the floor. Nice. So those have been crucial. And this is a weird one, but my own Amazon Prime account. I was like mooching off my parents for a long time. And just the the amount of Amazon purchases was getting out of control and just, you know, felt weird. Like them seeing all of our shipping confirmations and it was like time to... That's like a great topic for another day, but just like Amazon and your kids using your Amazon account. Like if my parents had Amazon, I I would have went crazy when I was a kid. I mean, the amount of random stuff I would have gotten would have just been absurd. Yeah, that would have been bad. I That made me think about though, when you were talking about that... um, my Spotify, my like top, my year in song from yes. Spotify. Oh, was uh, Michael so and I just depressing. <laughs> it's so depressing. I'm number one. I've said this, I think, on every episode now. Uh, my number one was Run Baby Run by Casper Baby Pants. Oh, man. What, yeah. what was your number one, Jesse? Well, it's basically the entire playlist, Lullaby Baby. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, from, yeah. On that. So I, I, I assume because it's been the top of that playlist for the last four or five months, like uh, Mary Had a Little Lamb, the version of it they have. <laughs> um, but early on, when she was young, we found a bunch of kind of like baby rock and roll stuff. So, yeah, like, yep. like, like kid versions of Radiohead and stuff. That was fun. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, there's some good stuff like that. I, I, yeah. I also was playing around with the, uh, Baby Shark Trap Remix. Which oh, really that's good. Uh, aggressive. Um, we've moved her. We've moved her on to like she can pick out a bunch of Beatles songs now. That's cool. And, she, and she's very into Fleetwood. Um, we're starting to try to like get to a better place. Yep, totally. Um, and then my last one is just extra T-shirts. I, mm. I just I've been going through t-shirts at like a record pace. He he says this, but he was always buying extra t-shirts <laughs> considering he's like the king of stains. Yeah, by the way, I I definitely have I mean I have work t-shirts and home t-shirts. Right. It is weird cuz my work t-shirts, I don't have every single t-shirt that I wear to work is blue. Yep. Yeah. Every that's, single one. I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a like a like a royal blue today, but it's basically just royal blue and navy blue. That's it. And yeah. then 
almost all of my t-shirts at home have are silkscreen. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I've been thinking about going full Zuckerberg or Steve Jobs and just just doing white t-shirt. Like I default to a white t-shirt and like, you know, it could be a white t-shirt with a sweatshirt over it, but white t-shirt every day just keep my life simple. But those are highly susceptible to stains. Yeah. Yeah, white is white's a bad just color. Not, honestly, I think if you're going to do the uniform, it just has to be a different color. White's a good color on me. <laughs> anyway, Jesse, love that list. To kind of close things up, I think we're, you know, we to go a little bit maybe more deep into to fatherhood. Um, we're curious, like, what's something a father figure did or something that you would or would not want to pass on to your kids? I... So I, I don't, I, I don't want to talk about my folks in public, but um, who I, I'd love and I'm very close to. I, I've thought a lot about this over the last few years. I tend to read a lot if I don't know something about something. And so there's just been a bunch of people I've read, you know, the Alison Gopniks of the world and, and different folks. Like she's amazing. She wrote a book called The Gardener and the Carpenter, you know, and I, I think the biggest thing for me is as a baby, and as a little toddler, Rosie is perfect. She wakes up every single morning happy and smiling and ready to tackle the day. She has a, you know, a confidence that's like the fuel gauge is at full right now, right? Like what is something, how, how much more confident as a person can you be than to let another person, you know, wipe your butt while you're smiling at them? <laughs> um, you know, and she has this incredible beginner's mind. I've heard a lot of people say this, but it's it's like like children are like adults on hallucinogenics, and in terms of how malleable their brain is, like the beginner's mind and seeing everything for the first time and deciding what its use case is 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 amazing, and the way she embraces and says hi to everybody, and so a lot of what I've thought about is like anything that happens that takes away from all this is my fault, right? Um, At this point, because she's perfect right now. And so for me, like, I think the most important thing, there's, there's probably two or three of them. I, I think one, I think we all live in a world and, and are extremely privileged and have the ability to kind of pave a road for our kids that's fairly easy. And I, I think that's to their detriment. And I, I think letting her fail and letting her unfortunately experience pain and sadness um, and to go through those things and to learn how to deal with it and to bounce back from it and build resiliency. Like that to me is the most important thing. I think the second most important thing is an addiction to learning. I think different people develop this in different ways. I was never, I was never a person who was really into school until I got to college. Uh, my grades were always good and my, my parents pushed me to do well, but I was never very excited by it or into it. But I was extremely interested in reading from a pretty young age, like starting in fifth and sixth grade, and novels and nonfiction and history. And that has remained. And honestly, this idea of being able to go a mile wide and an inch deep to me is just like extraordinarily important. It's in the connections you find between things where creativity lies. And then, honestly, the last thing is something that Alison Godman talks about in The Gardener and the Carpenter. I'm going to butcher this because I'm not as smart as she is, but she talks about parents who want to be a carpenter in that they decide they want to raise a chair and so they build a chair. And parents who are gardeners where they understand that it's their role to plant the seed and to water it and to nourish it and to make sure that it has sun, but it's going to grow in whatever way it grows. Mm -hmm. 
and just for me, like going back to this thing where like, she doesn't have to be what I am or what Jordana is. She needs to be what she's going to become. And it's our job to create a space that allows her to continue to grow in whatever direction she wants to grow. So uh, I know that, I don't know, that's probably a little meandering, but that is honestly how I've thought about this. It's awesome. It's awesome. awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today, Jesse. It's been, as always, great to chat with you. Likewise. Thank you guys. Of course. Talk soon. <laughs> Talk soon. Thanks for tuning into the Dad Pod. Let us know who you want to hear on the pod next by DMing us on Instagram at Lalo, that's L-A-L-O, or emailing us at dadpod at meetlalo.com. We'll catch you next week with a brand new episode. 